Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Workers' Mic, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor. My name is Ken Edwards from the Midwest Coalition of Labor. Here with me today is Ed Maher, as he is every week, from the International Union of Operating Engineers. Good morning, Ed. Good morning, Ken. How are you today? I'm really, really good. I'm super psyched uh, for today's show. This is obviously the last show before the uh, Workers' Rights Amendment. Right. Election Day is on Tuesday. Yeah, amazing. So no matter what happens, get out and vote. The Workers' Rights Amendment is something that over the first few weeks of this show, we've been talking quite a bit about. And it's something that's really important. We've talked about it. We're going to be getting into it a little bit more in this show. Um, with our guests that we're really excited to have. It's uh, Jim Sweeney, the president business manager of the Operating Engineers Local 150. My former boss. My current boss. Oof. Um, <laughs> so he's going to be in here talking about that. We're excited to have him. Um, and, uh, you know, actually, I wanted to talk about something. WGN-TV actually did a poll uh, that they w- released. Wait, wait. WGN has a TV station? Yeah, who knew? A, little, like, wow. a TV station and a radio station. They're they taking must, it all. They must feel bad about their like being second fiddle to the radio station. Well, I mean, in the last four weeks, things at the radio station have gotten a lot better. Skyrocketed to number one. Absolutely. Um, So this WGN poll, uh, the headline on it was that the Workers' Rights Amendment appears to be headed toward passage. You know, their polling looked good. um, And one of the things that they noted in particular is that this amendment is extremely popular with younger voters. How young? Like, what's what's that mean? So 18 to 34-year-old voters is the youngest demographic that they tested. But out of those 18 to 34-year-olds... 80% 80% of them said that they plan to support the Workers' Rights Amendment, That's which is amazing. A, it's a big deal. Yeah. Um, and do you think a lot of those uh, that young demographic will actually get out and vote? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think with with all the things that have happened in society over the past couple of years, the 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 youngest generation of voters is mobilized in a way that, you know, my generation wasn't and we haven't really seen in a long time. Well, we'll be back in just a few minutes with Jim Sweeney from the Operating Engineers Local 150. Again, you're listening to the Workers Mike on 720 WGN, Ken Edwards and Ed Maher, and we will be back with you in just a moment. You're listening to The Worker's Mic, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to The Worker's Mic, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor. As we stated at the top of the hour, we are super, super psyched to have James Sweeney here with us today. Welcome, James. Thank you. Glad James, to be here. Yeah, we're, we're happy to have you here. James is Mr. Sweeney. What is, what's his affectionately known as James Sweeney? I call him Jim. Do you? I'll, yeah. I'll, other people you, call I'm him I'm sure other. you guys call me other things. Well, not to your I face. Mean, yeah. <laughs> Little known Join fact. the club. <laughs> yeah, both of us at points work and have worked for Jim Sweeney. Full disclosure. The yeah. president business manager of the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 150. Most popular man with the quarry industries in this area. <laughs> That's right. Any quarry operators out there? <laughs> so, Jim, tell us about the operators, uh, Local 150 specifically. Uh, Local 150 has been around since the 1920s. Uh, we're a operating engineers local so mostly hoisting and portable which means with what? public sector so that would mean we are in the construction industry mostly okay and that would be the operation of tower cranes that you would see downtown on top of uh, those skyscrapers down to the uh, the guys digging the the water mains in your neighborhood uh, and the mass dirt projects you would see out in uh, farmer fields so have heavy equipment operators heavy equipment operators mechanics um, we have the testing industry, which is, are the guys and gals that are out there inspecting the construction process as it goes along as well. Uh, and then a, a large public sector 
uh, group as well that represents uh, um, uh, mostly our public works. So your, your your water departments, your sewer departments. People that uh, plow your snow. People that plow the snow in the winter. Yeah. Those are members of Local 150. We have nearly, I think, 3,000 or 4,000 members. Yeah, yeah city of Chicago guys. Overall, we're, 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 we're nearly 25,000 uh, members wow. today. So let me ask you this. When you started with 150, how many members did 150 have? I started with Local 150 in, in uh, 1977, 78, and we had about 9,000 members at that wow. point. So literally has over tripled the size of this local. After the administration of Bill Dugan uh, took over the local in 1986, I was shortly hired thereafter, and we started the first organizing department in 150s. In 150, since probably back in the 20s. And you were literally the first organizer. I was. How'd you like that? Uh, I didn't know any better. so, <laughs> And I didn't know a whole lot. And I, I quickly learned that the game was rigged if you play it uh, the way they want you to play it in organizing. So we, we, we quickly pivoted. Uh, and um, we came up with some innovative ways to go forward. And, you know, and, and I've always said, um, uh, winning a union election means nothing if you don't get the contract to represent those people, yeah. a good contract. And um, yeah. you know, our focus is always on the contract, not the election. Absolutely. You know, it, it's funny you should say that because you're reading about Starbucks right now, and they're having their first kind of couple of quote-unquote bargaining sessions where Starbucks comes in, they sit there for a minute and a half, and they storm out. Right. <laughs> so, Well, if, if anybody thinks that collective bargaining in, in good faith is done when, um, when the employer doesn't respect you, and I mean respect you, fear you, uh, and fear the, that the workers will do whatever they have to do to get a contract, you're not going to get one. Right. That's, that's really well said, and uh, labor should take note of that. Right. Yeah, I mean, workers have to walk in with a little bit of leverage. A sure. lot of bit of leverage. Yeah, a lot. <laughs> and I, and I, you know, I've I've organized from the top down, and bottom up, and uh, you know that the bottom up is is uh, has been the most fulfilling way to organize. We have brought in. I've got guys that I've I organized twenty five years ago walking up to me at union meetings. Now is how old I am, uh, saying, "Jim, I'm retiring." You know, <laughs> yeah. and and saying I, I would not be in this position if not for local one fifty. It's a good, and, it's a and good it's feeling. A great feeling. Yeah, it's absolutely. A great feeling. It makes all all the sacrifice worth worth it. Yeah, that's that's really cool. So one of the one of the groups that you have to go up against when you're organizing or, or bargaining is employers, and you can do that. I mean, the building leverage and and working with them, and there are strategies for that. But in a lot of states, you also have to go up against politicians. Like certain states will pass laws that make it even harder, or even outlaw organizing for workers. Oh, absolutely! Look, I mean, look, you, look you, at Wisconsin. Look, look what happened in Wisconsin. Look what Act Ten did to the public sector industry uh, of the union movement up there. It, and, and it's been absolutely devastating. Yeah, and um, Act Ten. For those of you that don't know, you know, you can. I'm sure you heard Scott Walker, if you remember, when he literally just basically gutted the unions, and there were protests around the Capitol and sit-ins, and you know, hundreds of thousands of people there. Uh, you know, I went with my son, and you know, it was it was fun, quote unquote. But at the end of the day, he won. And, right, you right. Know, you know, so, rallies are great, and beating plastic drums are great, and having the Dropkick Murphys come out and sing a song and make a song about the struggle. But they lost. Right, they lost, and and to this day, Wisconsin is paying the price for what Scott Walker did with Act Ten. Yeah, you, you, they're losing teachers, they're losing workers, they're losing population. Teachers now they pay twenty percent less now than they used to for their health care. They make almost ten percent less in wages. Uh, the oldest teachers 
who are the the most the most valuable asset you have have left. Uh, and they, they, they and pay twenty percent more for their health care than they, they pay twenty percent more, or they've they've, they've you know they've they give them twenty percent less. However you want to say, it. Sure. they screwed them. They screwed them. <laughs> and you know, teachers and public works uh, and the people that that are out there in you know when it's ten below zero and and you don't have water and are out there fixing that main have taken it. Uh, our our local up in Wisconsin had to tell the brothers and sisters, we can't take your money if we can't help you in dues. So what we're going to do is we're going to freeze your membership, and hopefully in the future we can we can undo what has been done. That's been nearly ten years plus. They still don't have representation, and it's a, it's a race to the bottom. And we talked about this a couple of times over the past few weeks, and. You know, this I hate to say it, but this segues really well into why this workers' rights amendment is so important. You know, mo- moving aside for a quick second, everything else that's in there, it protects the subjects of bargaining. Right. And what Act 10 did um, is it literally took away the ability to bargain over insurance, wages, hours. So what's there left to bargain over? The size of the bulletin board? I mean, it's absolutely it gutted. It gutted collective bargaining. All, all you're allowed to do is bargain over wages up to, I think it's three percent. It's up to the consumer price. Consumer price. That's it. So the rate and that's of inflation. It. So it's, it does it itself, but it doesn't mean you're going to get the raise either. Right. Yeah. So in in the stroke of a pen from some legislators and the governor. Millions of workers in Wisconsin saw their ability to negotiate over health care, over retirement, and over wages just taken away from them. And, and safety. Yeah, and this, is, this isn't happening in another country. This is happening in Wisconsin. So yeah. this, is, this is something that's a threat. It can happen anywhere. And this is something that will actually be outlawed by the Workers' Rights Amendment. A legislator, a governor, won't be able to just step in and take this away just, from workers. Just, just think of your, your, own, your own situation and what inflation and the impact inflation is having on your ability to, to purchase you know, and pay for your rent and, and pay for your food. And in Wisconsin, they're, they're almost 10-plus percent down in wages. And then add the losses now that you're feeling with, with the inflation. Union membership is down nearly 150,000. Wow. In the state of Wisconsin. And Wisconsin All directly was, related to Act 10. And Wisconsin was an extremely progressive. Wisconsin uh, is the birthplace of public sector right. unions. Yep. And it is now the, the example of what happens when you kill unions. You're, the, you know, if you, teachers overall in this country right now, right, especially after the pandemic, there is a shortage. And, and smart young people do not want to get in that craft any longer. And for good reasons, for the way they're treated. You know, we've got crazy parents out there that, you know, come storming in the classrooms, you know, ripping masks off uh, the children. And, yeah, absolutely. And, 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 you know, you're, you're there and you're, you're, you know, you're making barely above, in some instances, um, uh, wages that, 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 uh, that you can live on. And then you're being abused. Right by the public. I, I mean, it's, you're it's, being it's, abused by politicians, yeah. and then you layer the, the Act Ten on a, a state like Wisconsin. Why would you, if you are going to be a teacher, yeah. why would you go to Wisconsin to be a teacher? You wouldn't. You'd come, no, you, you wouldn't. Yeah, uh, you oh, come here. And it's not just teachers. We're talking about all government employees. We're talking oh, about sure. police, firefighters. Fire. Um, you know, anybody who works for any municipal or state government uh, was impacted by this. So. Paramedics that keep people safe, police that are out there to keep people safe. They all have nurses. nurses just absolutely. go through the list. Uh, you know, it, it's been devastating in Wisconsin, and and quite frankly, um, all of this goes back to the election in 2010, and that election, the Democratic Party 
lost sight of the what the importance of state governments and state the state houses. And you know, Carl Rowe, to his credit, right? We want his credit. The man said that was the most important election in a generation that they win the state houses. Right. And the Republicans focused on that like a laser. Yeah. And in the Midwest, they won almost all of the all of the chips except Illinois. Right. And um, and what has happened since is right to work laws, which are right to work for less laws, yep. have been passed in Indiana, in. Michigan, of all places, in Wisconsin, and this isn't public sector workers. This is private sector workers who have been devastated by this. It's everywhere. Missouri yeah. has spent $20 million fighting it and f- held it off, and now we have to spend $20 million again to hold it off because the, you know they're coming back after them again. And who are they? It's the Koch brothers of the world, the, the National Right to Work Committee. Dick uh, all of it. Yes, the Dick Ulines of the world. It's the, it's the billionaire class, right? I mean, it literally is. The, the only people that have a vested interest in workers not doing well is the capital class. It is what it is, right? I mean, that, it, it, those are the only people that literally have a vested interest in not making enough money. And the Workers' Rights Amendment here in Illinois – uh, when it passes, we'll take care of that, hopefully forever, because it's not a law, correct? Right? It's not, right. It's, it's it's an not a law. Amendment to the state's right. constitution. It's enshrined in the constitution. And it's the it's the first time in this country that the the the, the labor movement is going on the damn offensive. It's about time. Instead of being on the defensive. You know, you've got to you got to take your hat off the Republican Party because boy, when they have power, they come for you, and you know they're coming. And Democrats seem to want to be uh, kumbaya and let's hug and can't we talk about this? They go and, low, we go high, right? And 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 this is you know what we saw, and especially the Rauner administration here in Illinois trying to pull off what what Walker did in Illinois, but without the power behind him tells you it can happen in this state of course and don't, you know don't we're right that. now we're at our up you know at, at, at the high point for uh for power uh, when it comes for workers in this state and now is when you take the advantage you take the offensive and you pass the workers rights amendment that's why it's there and and, and it's the most important single piece of of, of legislation if you want to call it that that's going to be enshrined in our constitution to protect workers ever in this state and ever in this country this is being watched all over the country it's extremely important and we have the ability workers in this state if every worker brings plus three people with them we don't need anyone else and we can pass this but the public needs to understand how important this is just for them rising tide lifts all boats remember that if workers in unions are doing good everyone else is going to do good that's right it lifts the 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 prevailing wage we talked about that a couple of times right and you're absolutely right union density has a direct correlation to a wage gap and we talked about you know does a, a union contract discriminate on uh gender or uh race no the contract doesn't see that same Pay for equal work, right? And what what we're talking about with the Workers' Rights Amendment transcends political lines also. um, Because every union, just like society, has Republicans, has Democrats, has independents. Um, This is more of an anti-politician bill. Because what what this amendment basically would do is just draw a line around workers' rights. Every worker. And say, if you are a Democratic governor, Republican governor, state rep, state senator, and you want to come in and take away rights from workers, you can't do that. So there is no reason um, to let politics or partisanship 
um, stop you from voting for this. This is good for Democrats. This is good for Republicans. This is good for everyone. This is good for workers. Right. No matter what what color you vote, red or blue, this is good for everyone. And quite frankly, uh, the polling shows us that the public gets that. Listen, Missouri held off. The unions in Missouri held off a well-funded campaign in a heavily Trump-supporting state in areas that were dead red Trump areas. The 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 um, the referendum to stop the right to work from being enshrined in their constitution passed in those areas. Workers can 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 take their social agenda hat off and still remember. I like unions for a reason, right. and we need unions there. Even if I'm not in a union, I know I want unions still out there because they're a counterbalance to the capitalists in this country. And, and they're the ones, and unions are the ones that are fighting for everyone. Like Gary, um, Gary said the other day, we talked about wage theft. They literally got non-union workers half a million dollars. A union did. Right. They don't represent them. It was amazing, right? And so when we organize, a, let's say, a municipality, all the other municipalities have two choices. Either pay their people more, go union, or lose employees, right? We're talking to Jim Sweeney from the Operating Engineers Local 150 on the workers' mic, 720 WGN. This is Ed Maher and Ken Edwards. Uh, come back with us. We'll be talking more with Jim Sweeney. You're listening to the Workers' Mic, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. Welcome back to the Workers' Mic on WGN 720. I'm Ed Maher. We've got Ken Edwards sitting next to me. And uh, for those of you who were with us earlier, we were hearing from Jim Sweeney, the president business manager of Local 150, the operating engineers. Way to go, Jim. Yeah, great to, great to have Jim in. Uh, he's talking about the Workers' Rights Amendment, and we've actually asked him to stick around for the next segment. Yeah. And we'll hear a little bit more yep. about the Workers' Rights Amendment, about all the other work that the operating engineers and organized labor are doing. Um, so we're happy to, uh, happy to have him sticking around. We hope that you'll stay with us and hear that. Um, Want to say one last thing about the Workers' Rights Amendment, Ed? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've we've talked a great deal about this over the last few weeks and why it's so important to workers. And we're just reminding everybody, Election Day in Illinois is coming up on Tuesday, Tuesday, November 8th. If you haven't early voted, if you didn't vote by mail, just make a plan. Get out and vote on Tuesday. Hey, you can vote today. You, you can, can vote tomorrow. You can get up at, right now out of your chair and go vote. But make sure that you do get out and vote because it's important. It's important. We're not here to tell you which party to vote for. That's not our deal. So, uh, But we do say no matter what party you're uh, identifying with, whether you're a Democrat, whether you're a Republican, if you want to stand up for the economy of Illinois, stand up for the workers of Illinois, um, and push politicians back, out of our pockets where they belong, get out and vote yes on the Workers' Rights Amendment. Absolutely. Well said, Ed. All right. Well, with that said, we will be back in just a few minutes with Jim Sweeney for another segment here on the Workers' Mic on WGN 720. I'm Ed Maher. This is Ken Edwards. Stay with us. You're listening to the Workers' Mic, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. Welcome back, listeners, to the Workers' Mic on 720 WGN. I'm Ed Maher. Sitting next to me is Ken Edwards with the Midwest Coalition of Labor, and we are talking to Jim Sweeney, the President Business Manager of Local 150 of the International Union of Operating Engineers. Welcome back, Jim. So in the last Thank segment... You. Yeah, thanks, been, for, thanks for getting up early on a Sunday morning and coming down here. It's really... It's well, important. you know, I'm, I'm used to it, so... Okay. This guy's the first guy in the building at work every morning. It sucks, doesn't it, for everybody else? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so we've been talking about the Workers' Rights Amendment, 
and talking about how these laws that are anti-worker have hurt workers of all stripes in every other state in the Midwest. Uh, so if you have one sort of closing thought on the Workers' Rights Amendment, Jim, what would you say? Oh, well, I, one, if I had one thing to say, it's, you, get, it's get out and vote. You have to come out and vote. You can't leave this up to somebody else. And you have to bring people with you. You have to grab your spouse. You have to grab your, your children that are of age, your neighbor, your brother. Bring mom. Do whatever you have to do. But get out the vote. And don't leave this to the, to the guy across the street or your buddy at work. You've got to do it. It's the future. It's, it's, and don't even look at this for, your, for yourself. Right? The union movement in the state is going to be good for a bit. Think about your children, think about your grandchildren, and the people that allowed us to be able to have these unions and the sacrifice they made one and two and three generations ago. We need to start thinking that way. And this is not asking much for you to, to go out and vote. You can go out and vote on a Sunday at your voting. Just check the times. They're a little different on a Sunday. You can get out Monday and vote, and you got to get out that, that last day and vote. Yeah, don't leave it up to chance. If, if not at uh, all. Election Day hits and you get busy with something, you don't want to be missing the opportunity to get out and it's vote. It's once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, and, and, and the, like I have said before, you know, the, the rest of the country is watching us. Yeah. You know, I'll I tell you what, what's interesting that you just said. We, we literally have to just show up and vote. It's not like we have to walk out of a coal mine and get shot by Pinkertons, right? Right? I mean, it like, I mean, we can talk about the struggles of labor for for years and years that that got us to where we are today. But this is simple. This is literally walking into a polling place, checking a box, and leaving. That's it. That's all you got to do. That's it's it. not asking much to no. secure your fu- a future for your children. You don't know if your grandson is going to want to be a surgeon or a crane operator, but let him have that option to Absolutely. be a crane operator. Yeah. Speaking of which, I saw uh, there was an ad for the Workers' Rights Amendment that had a crane operator in it, and he was talking about how the amendment would protect good-paying jobs, uh, especially for people that don't go to college. I mean, college is becoming more and more challenging for people to to get into, to To afford, afford. to graduate. Um, So... That's a big part of what unions are all about now is is opening up access to these jobs. So the Workers' Rights Amendment would certainly help with that. But, uh, you know, talk a little bit about, about how important that is and opening up um, career options for people. I mean, with Local 150, um, that's always been a priority. Well, specifically for the trades, we have the ability. We, we, we go out and recruit um, the workers that will be in the industry. We train the workers ourselves. You know, we're like a co-op. We run our own health care. We run our own pension. In some instances, we run our own doctor's offices. Um, we, uh, credit unions. Uh, we run our own credit unions. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's, it's that community that, that all that is available to those who join. Um, you know, we're, we've, we go out to career days and we, you know, we'll go around. But I can tell you that, you know, we just had our, our apprenticeship open for the last 30 days. We do it once a year for 30 days. Um, and we had somewhere in the range of about 3,200, 3,500 applications. Um, and this will be one of our best years. We only need 300 to 350 in times like this. In good, uh, in good times. In good times, while we have that baby boomer generation retiring. Right? Yeah. That's retiring, too. So that's, that's opening up more slots as well for, for, for and, young and men and women. You make a good, make a good point, and people, are, I, you know, I've heard this from, a ton of people that are you know not quite familiar with the trades and that is how come everybody can't join i want to run that tower crane downtown and at the end of the day you know we have to be judicious about it because there's so much work available and we want to make sure that our members are able to support themselves by going to work and if we dilute the workforce then people are working well, 20 hours a week instead of 40 we're very good at, at, at balancing that the amount of workers we bring in and looking at where the work is what's coming up 
Uh, we are very active in, in lobbying for work, uh, backing politicians that, that want to make investments in our infrastructure to help our, our, our cities and our states grow. Uh, it's the backbone that our economy is, 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 is built on, and we have to have that strong so, infrastructure. So we'll, we know we'll meet with the customers. We'll meet with the gas companies. You know, they have to replace all the gas mains in the city. They have to replace all the gas mains in the suburbs. This is a 20-year project. We'll meet them once a year and make sure that we bring enough kids in um, to, 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 to meet the future demand that's going to be there and try to balance that with retirements and, you know, further expansion of work. So, you know, when you look at those numbers, they're reflective of what the industry will need, you know, going forward. You, you mentioned politicians, and I want to go back to this for a second. You said that we're backing politicians that provide our members with work, right? That doesn't mean we're backing only Democrats. It doesn't mean that we're backing we're, Republicans. We're, we're the most bipartisan Trade, building trade that you will find the operating engineers local 150 we have been it's it's our tradition our history um you know we're we're all about building the economy so that's this, our this, main so push. this notion that unions are nothing more than you know a money funnel for democrats simply is not true here. no we're, we're 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 balanced based on size to who we, we we give money to and we give money and feet on the ground and people knocking on doors to people that understand what we preach, which is we have to continue to make investment in our, in our infrastructure. If we're going to compete with the Chinese of the world out there, the Chinas of the world, who are, are eating our lunch right now uh, on a manufacturing uh, basis. And, and I think we've all seen what happens with the supply chains when they're disrupted. This model that, that corporate America came up with, you know, the, the, the Welshes of the world from GE, that you know, you put your factory on a where, on, on a barge and you move it around to the cheapest possible wages in the world. That model has failed us, and we knew it would fail us. Now is the opportunity to rebuild this country in a way that makes sense. Bring chip manufacturing back to Ohio and Wisconsin and Michigan, and, and build the the next generation of batteries in this country, and build the infrastructure you need to build those factories on the roads, the roads and bridges, bridges and rails and yeah. airports. That's things, what things, has to happen. Things that are falling down. But that's what, that's what the American labor movement has always done. We've pushed for this. We warned what NAFTA would do to, the, to, to, to this country, and it was devastating. And when we all sit there and we wring our hands going, well, why are, those, why are those operating engineers and why are those steel workers over there? Why do they vote for Trump? Because he sang the song that they've been, they've been talking about for since I got out of high school, when I, you know, there were twenty five and thirty thousand steelworker jobs on the South Side that are all gone today, right? right? That that we're we're exporting our future and exporting our security, and you know, uh, I don't believe Trump understands that or believes it. He's a moron, but he <laughs> he he beat the right drum. He in- and it tells you something. He, intuit- you know? he intuitively talked to the, to the working class. And nobody was talking to the working class. Right. Not t- the Democrats. They would tell us what they wanted to st- we wanted to hear, and then nothing would get done. Ever. It wasn't. Not until Joe Biden. Which Joe did, Biden yeah. is the most pro. I started as an organizer on Ronald Reagan. Oof. Okay? Oof, okay? Tough times. Yeah. <laughs> and I can tell you. This is the best time to join a union. This is the best time to organize. Joe Biden has done more for workers, and they don't even understand it, than any other president has done. Bringing work back, reshoring our factories, uh, starting, you know, get grants to help chip manufacturers bring chips back to this country, which is, you know, has devastated us. You know, you've got, you've got 
fields of cars sitting out there that have been built, but we can't use them yet and can't sell them yet because we don't have the chips to plug into them. Because we don't. Make Who'd ever sense. thought? Well, yeah. because yeah. some people did think that, and right. people had been you know warning uh, uh, people about this possibility. This is a very possibility. And it could get worse very quickly if China invaded Taiwan. Taiwan makes 90% of the chips that we use. Which is, you know, I guess the best argument for, you know, resourcing, reinsurance, all this stuff back to America. We can build it here. There's factories sitting empty. Look, they used to make Carhartts down in southern Illinois. They moved that to Mexico. Carhartts, right? Now they have a little tiny, you know, American-made brand or whatever. But, I mean, things as simple as t-shirts for christ's sakes that it drives right. me crazy the labor movement has been screaming at the top of their lungs for generations to buy american right you know to reshore these these you know they you those who remember look for the union label absolutely um you know those songs you this 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 is all occurring now this reshoring is occurring under this administration we have the national labor relations act is being actually followed by the nlrb for the first time in in a generation we've got the department of labor loaded up with pro-union people that are trying to 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 refashion the laws in the way that they were intended to be used so you're saying if there was ever a time it's now if 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 you ain't gonna organize now you're never going to organize. I love it. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, I love if it. If we don't come back uh, and, and start regaining the ground that we've lost the labor movement now, it's never going to happen. Hang it up. Well, the so, public is supportive of unions more than at any 77%. time. 77%. Yeah, it's uh, it's at the highest point since 1965, union approval. And yet still, you know, let's, let's address this then, Jim. Why is it that uh, Amazon organized their first factory by two guys? Standing outside a fire barrel. That's all it takes. All the organizing I did was with me. Yeah, but we're the unions, right? We're the big unions, right? Why, why are Starbucks uh, their own union, right? Amazon is its own union. Well, the Apple employees well, are their own not, union. Not, not, not all unions understand organizing, right? There are legacy unions out there that are representing industries, and they're not looking because and, and let's be let's be honest, organizing's hard. Yeah, very hard. You gotta work. Yeah, you gotta right. go me. I mean, I have spent endless nights in bars, in in, in VFW halls, sitting at kitchen tables with wives. You you have to convince the family that you know taking this leap of faith, which it is, to join a union. Now, I don't mean join a union and, and, oh, you go to work in a factory that's union. I mean, make a, make your employer union. Make your workplace union. That's organizing, and that's what we've done. That's how we went from 9,000 members to 25,000 members, taking whole industries, and we've organized them. And in the construction industry, which is transient and a tough industry to organize, we've done it. So don't tell me it can't be done. Of course it can be done. And, and you know who's doing it right now? The baristas from Starbucks. Right. I mean, they're literally putting... God bless them. Absolutely. God, God bless them. All day long. And, and, day and we day. should all be standing behind them. Right. And, and, and if you see them out front with a picket sign, go take the walk in the inconvenience and go a couple blocks the other way and go to Dunkin' Donuts then at that point. But but you know, very quickly, we're going to have to start organizing Dunkin' Donuts. So, Jim, you talked about organizing at kitchen tables. You talked about organizing during the Reagan administration, one of the hardest times that anyone could imagine to do that. And in that time, you've brought the membership of Local 150 from around 9,000 to over 23,000 now. Um, you know, in that time, you've brought people who weren't union members into a union and seen them start to retire with benefits. Currently in South Carolina, somebody who repairs heavy equipment makes around $17 an hour with no benefits. Correct. What is that number in the state of Illinois? 
It's $100 an hour with benefit. So if you took the total package, it's around 50 an hour in wages, and you almost layer another 50 in, in, in benefits. And that's health care. That's, that's health care. There's an annuity. That's, that's a retirement. We, we, we have a health care retirement savings plan. So then when you retire, you never have to worry about having money for, for, for your health care. It's covered 100%. Which is unheard of. Yes. Right? Yep. We're opening doctor's offices. We have, we have our own doctor's offices. We have, health, we have our own health care plans. Uh, we administer our own health care. Um, if we've got plans, you could choose. We've got a, a like a market based uh, healthcare plan, and if you think this is right for your family, you use this one or this one or that one, and once a year you can change it, and that's all within um, you know our, our one hundred and fifty healthcare uh, so you, initiative. So, you, it's so local one hundred and fifty, and, and like the rest, but of, it's just like the rest the, of the, the brothers the, and sisters uh, in the yeah, building trade do the same that, thing. That's, that's exactly what we right. do. The right? Building the building trades, you know, are number one, we're aggressive. Number two, it's cradle to grave. We'll yes. take care of you. I was listen. Minute. I was born in local 150s healthcare. I will die in local 150s healthcare system. Um, you know, my my father was an operator. My uncle was an operator. They came from from Ireland with nothing. Yeah, and attained middle class America in a matter of years because of the labor movement. What about uh, you know trying to expand? You know, the, one of the knocks is, you know, we're not inclusive. You know, what's Local 150 trying to do to make us more inclusive? We, we do outreach continually. We've worked with organizations to try to bring kids in that normally wouldn't know how to get here, right, how to get into the building trades. But we have, we have continued to fall short and failed African-American kids. And so what we've done is I, 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 you know, myself and some of the other heads of some of the bigger locals have said enough's enough. We've relied on these organizations to funnel kids here, and quite frankly, uh, they've failed them. And the, and, and, I, and, and the Chicago Public Schools, in the, their dismantling of the vocational programs that were there, right. and not, this isn't the teacher's fault, right? right? This, this lies with the politicians, um, failed these kids as well. So what we're going to do, and we're very close to inking the deal on a school um, that will be uh, – It'll be a building trades high school. So you'll come in the normal way to a high school, but you'll go quickly then be geared into more math and more English and report writing, the things that will be you would need to get into the trades. And about that second year through your school, you're going to be directed by your counselors in the school into the electricians or into the carpenters or into the operators or into the laborers. And upon successful graduation from this high school, you immediately get direct entry into the uh, particular building and trades. Where, where do you and that is a huge – that's the first time ever. So at age 18 yeah. or 17, you're, you're graduating. The minute you hit 18, you get into our program, you're in, and you're in our uh, apprenticeship program that will go four years or five years if it's a mechanic or maybe six years if you're a soil tester or tester, uh, whatever. Uh, but immediately have a job, immediately have health care immediately have a pension you have everything a 30-year member has now you get it at a 50 percent discount for your first couple of years right until you can so start you're, earning you're your still way. earning while you're learning correct you are earning while you're learning you're not taking debt on right all right you're making money you're literally right out of high school so so for, that's that's our plan and we're targeting specifically african-american um kids and that's where the high school is going to be we're going to put it it's going to be it's it's we've we just i just finished my last tour on it last week uh, it's just that school having the capacity. We're gonna we're gonna partner with a school right now, so we can start this quicker. 
Uh, but our all, overall goal is to have our own standalone stand-up high school. So we're, we're, uh, we're, we're talking with Jim Sweeney, President and Business Manager of Local 150 on WGN right now. If you just joined, you heard it here first. He's talking about uh, Local 150 and some of the other trades literally building a high school that will funnel kids, underprivileged, people that never had an opportunity, into the building trades. And it's the first. And it, 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 no, Look, look should, at, let's, let's not kid ourselves. We're well, not going to solve the problems that we find in Inglewood or in Austin. But we're going to set the example. The rest of corporate America has got to stand up. But from Keokuk, Iowa, to Angola, Indiana, which is basically the Ohio line, that's our jurisdiction. So there's a strip of land across northern Illinois, northern Indiana. We only need 325 apprentices for that whole area. Right. Okay? And that's on a given year. Now, I've got to take kids from the Quad Cities and Rockford and uh, LaSalle, Peru, and over in the South Bend. So there's, you know, maybe what we need in, in, in Chicago is... 25 kids a year, but that'll be 25 more kids that we didn't have. And 25 more kids that we're going to make a difference in their lives. Absolutely. But we want to grab these kids down at that fifth and sixth grade level, mentor them at that point. We we've, we've already have an agreement with the Obama Foundation for them to do the mentoring to get these kids from that point to that first year of high school. Look, and if we take 25 and the rest of the building trades take 25 each. Right. Now about, we're making an impact. You're talking about hundreds and hundreds of kids that never would have had this Over opportunity. Over the years. Right. Yeah. Where would we find more information about the operating engineers? Where could we find that? Do you guys have a website? We do have a website, uh, www.local150.org. All right, that's great. Um, and the closing word, yeah. if you want to get in on this, all the great things that this union and other unions are doing, you have to protect organizing, and you can do that very easily on Tuesday. How, Jim? Just vote yes on the first thing you see on the ballot. I don't care if you vote for anything but or anything else at that point. Just walk in there, hit that, and get out, but drag three people with you. Thank you very much. It's been an absolute honor to have you here. That's all for us. I'm Ken Edwards. He's Ed Maher, and this is the Workers' Mic, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor. Coming up next, it's Dean Richards and the top stories from Northwestern Medicine Newsroom on 720 WGN. The preceding episode of The Worker's Mic was powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. For additional information and podcasts of The Worker's Mic, visit WGNRadio.com.